This is Toastcaster, your communication, leadership, and learning lab with your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 115, Authentic Leadership and What It Really Means, with our guest, Jeff Davis. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin, and welcome again to today's show. A few days ago, I had this great opportunity to speak to Jeff Davis. Now, Jeff's an entrepreneur, he's an international keynote speaker, and he's a sought-after expert on authentic leadership and self-leadership. Jeff did a TEDx talk in New York City. It was called How to Fulfill Your Inner Life, and he speaks to schools, organizations, conferences, and businesses. Now, Jeff has been to five different continents, and he lives abroad. He lives in Rotterdam, Netherlands. He's also the author of the book, The Power of Authentic Leadership, Activating the 13 Keys to Achieving Prosperity Through Authenticity. With a master's degree from John Hopkins Carey Business School, he's been a part of everything from startups and country governments to Fortune 500 companies. And Jeff is always leaving his audiences with useful tips and strategies. And he's here with us today to talk about authentic leadership. Please have a listen to our conversation with Jeff Davis. All the way from Rotterdam in the Netherlands. It's bright and early here in the morning, but it's late afternoon there. Jeff Davis, welcome to the program. Pleasure to be here, Greg. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Same here. Authentic leadership. It's an interesting concept when you think about it and you ask a number of people what that means. It could mean different things to different people. What's your take on the topic? Yes, authentic leadership is a topic that has been fascinating me for years. And what I did is I took that fascination and I did a deep dive. I not only applied it in my life, but I've talked to experts and various leaders around the world. I've also been researching and reading about it, and I've really been interested in the practical, real-life, hands-on application of it. In a nutshell, my take on authentic leadership is being your true self, your truest self, by taking off that mask and being vulnerable, being open in a way that helps and serves other people. Now, I am specifically referring to the value that this can provide not only in your daily life, but also in the workplace, because a lot of people will hear this and they say, okay, Jeff, that's great, but can we really apply this in the workplace? And the answer is yes. Greg, my take on authentic leadership is that the best companies in the world are actually applying this. They're applying the authentic leadership. They're putting their employees first and they're being open with their fellow employees and coworkers. And that's leading to a greater and higher level of success. What are the characteristics, though? What are some of the things that you would see an authentic leader do compared to what you sometimes watch on TV or what you experience in a typical workplace where you see all kinds of challenges, you hear things hidden, you find some leaders have their own agenda type thing? How this would actually be happening in reality, so how this would be implemented. As I mentioned, being open. Well, a leader can be in a a company. It could be a CEO, it could be a manager, or it could really be anyone. It could be an employee. They're open about their challenges with their coworkers. Now, this doesn't mean that you spill your entire beans. It doesn't mean that you're dumping on people or sharing your problems in in a negative or unconstructive way. But what it does mean is that you share those frustrations in a way that can lead to solutions. So instead of 
hiding in the corner or lying as a lot of leaders do. The authentic leader will be open about that challenge so that the coworkers and the employees in the company can know the reality of what's going on. And then that can lead to genuine solutions. It also means, Greg, knowing and applying your values. What I found in my experience is that there are so many leaders who know their values. They're not stupid. They're there for a reason in that leadership role. They've succeeded up until that point in their lives for a reason. So they know what their values are. But what I found is that it's not what you know, it's what you apply that counts. And I mean this in reality. It's not paying lip service to it. It's not singing kumbaya and then going off and saying one thing and doing another. It's actually applying those values in reality. So if you can be open about your challenges with your fellow employees, which a lot of leaders aren't, but if you're open, it's going to create more trust in the workplace, a better culture. And then if you've established that openness and transparency, it then leads to a culture where people are both knowing and applying their values. So that's really the two of the big ones. And I have a lot more. I can I can take you down the to the depths of the iceberg if you'd like, but really those are the two I wanted to start off with off the bat because I see there are a lot of workplaces that don't really apply this and that's why they're suffering. So you're in this environment, you're open, you're transparent, but yet that isn't the culture. Do you see that being sort of a challenge in some organizations or challenges or a challenge for the individual who says, you know what, I'm going to be my authentic self? That's absolutely a challenge. So that's a really, really good question. I I like that a lot because this is something, Greg, that not only I have experienced directly myself at not not just one, but several companies, as well as other people that I, I interviewed for my books and other people I've talked to in my travels around the world also said they've experienced this challenge where they want to be authentic, but they find themselves in a culture or in a situation that doesn't really value that. That's where it comes down to the self-leadership. And the self-leadership is where you lead by example. And again, I'm not just paying lip service to this. You can do this in a difficult environment. So how you can lead by example, I mentioned being open, but you can also be true to your word. Maybe you see other people lying. Maybe you see other people engaging in a lot of gossip. Easier said than done, but you don't have to engage with that. You can actually be true to your word. You can actually be positive. You can activate that power of authenticity, even when other people aren't living it. And it doesn't mean that everyone's going to jump on your bandwagon. It doesn't mean that everyone at the company is going to like you. But what it does mean is that you're going to be an example for others to see, okay, it's possible to be myself. Is that it's important to do what's right for you, even when others disagree. And I mentioned this in some of the speeches I give, where you might be in an environment where people may not be agreeing with your choices They may not value it. Like you just said, they may not even understand authenticity. But if you can focus on your own values and your own way of being and on being yourself, you do what's right, even when others uh, disagree. And really, really quick example here, because I mentioned I'm going to keep it practical as I I wrap up here with this this, uh, point, is uh, I, I was working at a company where no one would talk to the CEO. It was forbidden. He was like above everyone. You'd get in trouble if you did it. And I love talking to CEOs, and I had a feeling it might rub some people the wrong way, and I meant it completely sincerely, but I just had this feeling that people might misperceive it. But I decided to be myself. Being myself, Greg, is someone who will just naturally walk up to anyone, including CEOs. That's just being my authentic self. That's Jeff being Jeff. And guess what? 
The CEO was easy to talk to. And to this day, I no longer work at that company. We're still in touch and we've had a good relationship. There were people at that company who really, really tore me down for that. And I don't just mean like a little slap on the wrist. I mean, I got really criticized like, Jeff, who do you think you are? Uh, Jeff, you're, you're grandstanding. I mean, really took me aside and just completely demolished me. But I knew it was right for me to talk to the CEO and it was perfectly fine. So I wanted to share that example that maybe you're in an environment where people don't value you being yourself, but you can still choose to be yourself. It's the culture. It's almost like you weren't sure or you didn't know what the culture was. And it was almost like either you didn't care or you thought, hey, you know what? This is important to me. So I'm just going to go for it. Absolutely. As you were speaking, I was thinking of two things. One, interestingly enough, I just read an article that was published within the last week. In there was an example of it was a manager who was told by a senior manager to fire an individual. Now, this particular manager didn't have a problem with firing an individual. However, she had a problem with what the situation was. She believed that that individual should have received a second chance. So she went to her manager and basically was authentic. She basically said, she talked about exactly what you were talking. And as it turned out, that manager was actually sympathetic to the other manager. And I guess he went and did the deed. I thought that was really interesting because normally people would say, well, that's your job, just do it. But this other manager actually did that. And it showed that both of them were basically being authentic. When the other manager did the deed, did uh, he or she actually fire the person? Or do you mean did the deed, meaning gave them a second chance? That's a good question because that's the question. I don't know the answer. In fact, I'm going to email. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm going to email the person that wrote the article because I'd like to know. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's interesting. But But either way, that's a great story about authenticity. I love that that manager didn't just take orders and do something that didn't make sense. I I like that a lot. That's powerful. The other thing that came to mind was all of a sudden the movie Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Where she becomes, I guess she's hiding in a convent. So all of a sudden she shows her true self and of course ends up changing the entire culture of the convent. Love it. Love it. That that right there is actually a powerful example of, of leading by example. And as the saying goes, and it's very true, If you change yourself, you can change the world. Don't focus on changing other people, but focus on changing yourself. And if you lead by example and change yourself, that's how you can impact other people. You know, sometimes you meet someone outside their environment. Let's say one of your managers, all of a sudden, you know, you're meeting him on the golf course. You're meeting him for coffee. He doesn't have a suit on. He's there in a T-shirt and jeans. He or she seems to be a totally different person. Does, Does that mean that they're not authentic at work? That's an interesting question. It definitely is is something to think about. It's a little bit of a gray area. So yes and no at the same time, and I'll explain why. It could mean they're not authentic, but not necessarily. So when I'm saying being authentic, and this is a very good that we can do a deep dive here, is again, I want to emphasize I'm not saying to go into work and to spill all of your beans for no reason and make people feel completely uncomfortable. That's not the effective way to do it. Make sure you're doing it in the right time and place and sharing it in the right way and then share those challenges in a way that is transparent and perhaps uplifting, inspiring, at the very least vulnerable. So I'm sharing this because you might only know that particular person you're seeing outside of work in the casual clothes, say on the golf course or somewhere else. You might only know them in a context where they weren't really able to be quite as open. However, 
you can be discerning and it is very important to read people and it's also important to see through people who are fake. What you can then do, what my suggestion would be is uh, take a calculated risk and in that moment, if you're seeing them outside of work, talk to them, try to get to know them, ask them a few open-ended questions, nothing too probing, but see if they're genuine. If they engage with you, if they talk to you, okay, then that person has some credibility and perhaps they're someone that you can pursue a relationship with back in the workplace. But if they're mean or I've had people who are suddenly jerks outside of those environments, then you know, okay, they're not really authentic. So my answer really is it could be a yes and it could be a no. You have to give them a little bit more of a chance, see if they engage with you. If they don't, then you know their true colors. Okay. It sounds like it also could be environmental. I mean, some of us have to wear different hats. So we're in a particular situation or a particular position. It's sort of like uh, my doctor in the office, I'll call him doctor. And, but yet I'll have coffee with him and I'll just call him by his, by his name. Exactly true. And it very well could mean, I mean, if this person has been consistently very uh, stolid, meaning they, they have a, a very stern expression at work all the time and they never open up and they're never really sharing details. Okay. That probably means that they're not the most authentic person in the world. So there can be clues. There can be signals that show that a person is not necessarily an authentic leader. Maybe they've never been given the tools, the skill sets to know how to actually apply that knowledge in their, in their life. But there are cases where maybe someone was not, like you just said, the most open in particular environments because they are wearing a hat, but they still might be authentic in other settings. Yeah. I'm thinking when someone is open, they could potentially open themselves up to, to some challenges. I mean, they become vulnerable. Is there a value there of being vulnerable? I mean, you're putting yourself on the line, you're taking a chance, and in some organizations, you could get your head chopped off. This is a powerful question because this is really the core of authentic leadership. And this is a something that a lot of people wonder. So it's really good that we're going to address this. And the answer is yes, a resounding yes. There is enormous value in being authentic and showing your true self and being open. And it's a win-win. And here's why. Best case scenario, you make an emotional connection with your colleagues, with your coworkers, with your subordinates, with your bosses, with the leadership team, whoever it is, you make a connection with them, that's wonderful. You've just made your workplace more engaging, you've enhanced your relationships, you're looking at a more positive day-to-day work life. You look at the worst case scenario, people don't value it, people don't get it, maybe they even judge you. This does happen, by the way. I've been judged and there are millions of other people in the world who have been judged. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Because then it tells you that this may not be the perfect place for you to be working. Then it shows you the true colors of the people you're working with. And I want to emphasize that this is not all (laughs) easy. This is not something that you can just do and then you can just shrug off the disapproval easily. It's hard. That's the hardest part about authentic leadership is that there is short-term difficulties for long-term gain. And what I've seen in this world, and it's exactly why I'm so interested in authentic leadership, Greg, is that there are so many leaders who are so charismatic and they're always trying to impress people and they care about their image and appearances, but it's all about short-term gain for them. They don't have depth. They don't have long-term value. And if you can shift away from being so caught up in the short-term 
appearances and the short-term look of things. And if you look to the depth and the authenticity of the long-term, that's where the true value emerges. Because like I said, there's a very good chance that people are going to connect with you. So think of it like this. Most of the time, people are going to value your authenticity. But if they don't, it's still a good thing because now you've seen their true colors. You have a better understanding of these people. And now you can make a very serious decision about perhaps finding a new job or maybe it's not necessarily leaving the company, but maybe you switch to a different department or you make some serious moves to make sure that you can be happier. That's interesting where you mentioned happiness because you could be in a position and yet you're not really happy. So you're not really showing your true self and, and you can't. So it almost sounds like authentic leadership probably starts even long before you get your first job. It does. It, it absolutely does. And Greg, I've had people tell me They've emailed me. They, uh, one of my friends, actually, a good friend of mine from Toastmasters, she said that she was in a workplace where uh, they weren't valuing her and where she couldn't really be herself. And her role was sort of uh, strangling her, so to speak, a little bit emotionally. So that's a, that's a very, very difficult challenge. And that's why I'm, I'm all for grinding. I'm all for paying the bills. And trust me, I've been in some very, very difficult circumstances. So I know what it's like to not have money and to be struggling. But what I'm saying is that you can still take control of your life and you can make decisions to find something better to not settle. And then to directly answer your question is that, yes, this starts well before getting a job. This is why I'm, I'm not only speaking to businesses, but that I also like speaking to schools because this is something that students can learn. This is something that parents can more effectively share with their kids. I mean, in our society, one of the one of my biggest challenges with our current society is that there are a lot of families and by families I'm referring to the parents the parents don't value this enough and they don't teach their kids how to be authentic and then their kids grow up thinking it's normal to be fake and one of the core messages of my books and of my speeches is that our society makes being fake seem normal but in reality it's not normal at all so yes that's a really good point we have to train our kids and our students and and our society that being fake is actually a negative thing and it leads to unhappiness. It leads to long-term challenges, even though it might seem good in the short run. It's being real. It's being authentic. It's being transparent that leads to true success in life. In your book, The Power of Authentic Leadership, it's subtitled activating the 13 keys, achieving prosperity through authenticity. One of the stories you open up with was as a child and being bullied. So there, right then and there, it's almost like you're bullied, you close yourself off. That in itself could lead you to not being authentic. Not necessarily on purpose, it just happens. 100%. I'm, I'm very glad you brought that up because this is something that has connected with others. And I'm saying that in a very humble way because I, I do this to help others. And I don't mean that paying lip service to it way. I really mean that sincerely from my heart and soul that I share all of this to help others. And I was mercilessly bullied, um, uh, not only as a child, yes, in elementary school and then in middle school and then very badly in high school. And then, Greg, the story I opened up with in the book, The Power of Authentic Leadership, is in college. I mean, I left high school. High school didn't go the way I had planned. And I left high school and I go to college and I thought those bullying days were over. And uh, my college baseball teammates were the biggest jerks I've ever met in my life. And I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to 
pretend like it was easy. It was very difficult. And yes, I had a lot of good things happen in college. I studied abroad. I made friends. I'm specifically referring to my college baseball teammates. These were some of the cruelest people I've ever met in my life. I'm being very blunt right now, but it takes that openness to be able to connect with others. And at one point, I was physically assaulted in my senior year of college by one of my college baseball teammates who was literally the nastiest person I've ever met in my life. He bullied me all through college. It ended with him physically assaulting me. So this was a brutal experience, and I share this with others because I want other people to know that they can get through their rock bottom moments and their darkness. And, and I, I know what it's like to be excluded and to be a misfit and to be the, the odd guy out. I mean, that was me with my college baseball team. I, I got assaulted. I mean, that's horrible. And I, I've had other experiences where I was at rock bottom and you know didn't even know if I could really go on. And, and it's always easy to look back on it and say, yeah, yeah, I, I learned from that. But I, I really know what it's like to be in the middle of that pain and struggle. And it really feels like not only that your life sucks, but it feels like your life is, is just a complete waste. It's completely miserable. And I'm open about that, really open about that, because I know there are a lot of bullies out there and there's a lot of people experiencing bullying and it's, it's disgraceful. It's unacceptable. And if I can share this very difficult experience and if it can help others, then I, then I will share this as much as I can, because there's a lot of bullying going out on out there and it needs to stop. I can certainly relate to it. So when someone is bullied, a couple things can happen. Obviously, a number of things can happen. But in, in essence, you can either close down, shut down, go into your cocoon, or you can take the opposite and get very <laughs> active or potentially even violent. So I'm thinking to myself here that having these types of experiences would really make it difficult to be authentic. So I think in general, not necessarily for the youth or not necessarily for someone who's, who's in business, what's, what are some of the challenges or what's one of the biggest challenges of becoming an authentic leader? Yes, you're right that it can be challenging to open up and, and share this. And what I want to really emphasize is that the thing you're most afraid to share is the very thing that's going to help other people the most. That really dark story, that rock bottom setback, that thing that you're afraid to share with even your best friend, which by the way, I get because I was afraid to share this with my, my best friend or in, in high school, having suicidal thoughts. That's a very taboo topic. I will also share that with others. So the biggest challenge, Greg, is that it may seem at the service level, like sharing it is really embarrassing and really hard and really difficult and like people are going to laugh at you and make fun of you. And those are your fears talking. And it can be very, very hard to see past your fears. How do I know that? Well, I've experienced firsthand the things I'm sharing with you today. I'm not kidding. There were points in my life where I was embarrassed to share this with even a single soul. So that's the challenge where your fears are going to tell you that you, you shouldn't share these things because you're going to get laughed at or it's not going to help others. But the reality is it's actually going to help a lot of other people. One very, very important caveat that I want to add to this as I add value around this topic of being open with your difficult experiences is that make sure you share when the time is right for you. So again, like I said earlier on this discussion, I'm not encouraging you to just suddenly out of nowhere share everything. Reflect on your experience, share from a place of love, and make sure you share when the time is right for you. I graduated college in 2011. I got physically assaulted by my college baseball teammate in the fall of 2010. 
it's now 2019. I first started sharing this probably in 2017. So I waited a while because I needed to reflect on the experience, to really process it, to forgive the person, to surround it with love, and then share with the intention of helping others. And I really, really wanted to emphasize that because if you are scared of sharing your de- your deepest, darkest secrets with the world, I don't blame you. It's okay. Be gentle with yourself. What I'm softly encouraging you to do is to reflect on the experience and then share with others when the time is right because it's going to help a lot of people. I'm thinking if you can share a horrid experience like this, it makes it a lot easier to say, hey, boss, I made a mistake on my report and not hide it or pretend that it didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. I'm just thinking now, not everyone would have a horrid experience. Some people might have. What I was wondering, if somebody says to themselves, okay, I've listened to this podcast, I've checked out Jeff's book, I think I really want to become an authentic leader. I'm going to take stock of myself. I'm going to check my inventory. Where does one start? How do you become that authentic leader? You bring up a really good point here because you don't need to have a horrid rock bottom moment to become an authentic leader. If you did have that or you do have it or you're going through it now or you will in the future, et cetera, any of that, that's that's okay. That's great. You can share it. But if you don't have any of that, you can still become an authentic leader. And it's being a person who doesn't have a, a hidden agenda. So it's not having that hidden agenda. And you, you don't carry around an agenda by fully being yourself, by caring about others, by having integrity. And again, it's very easy to hear this and say, yeah, yeah, I care about others. But really evaluate your actions. Really look at, are you applying your values? Do you have integrity? Are you following through on your promises and doing what you say you will? And another great way to become an authentic leader is to create leaders in others. So have no hidden agenda, have integrity, and then create leaders in others. A lot of people think leadership is about getting people to follow them. It's a huge conception in our world. And it's okay to have followers, but what leadership is really about is creating leaders in others. So if you want to become an authentic leader, you can do that starting right now today. Yes, you can share your own experiences. I've been encouraging you to do that throughout this discussion. You can also encourage other people to share their experiences. You can also uplift other people, and you can also be a a beacon of inspiration to others by leading by example and by being true to your word. So again, you don't have to have some crazy experience to do all of this. It's very simple and it's very practical. Don't have a hidden agenda, have integrity, create leaders and others, and then evaluate yourself along the way and you will be well on your way to becoming an authentic leader. The more we speak, the more down the rabbit hole we can go. It sounds like we've just touched just the tip of the iceberg. It's absolutely true. Everything we've talked about could be its own separate discussion, could be its own podcast discussion unto itself. This is great stuff. And I really like your thought provoking questions because it it definitely is helping to get to that core of the iceberg of the kernel. And, And what we really want to talk about here is the truth. And the truth is that authentic leadership is going to not only help you, it will also help others as well. So you have a good starting point with, uh, there's two books. You have The Power of Authentic Leadership, and you also have a second book as well. Yes, I do. I do. I've actually written three in total. My latest two are focused on the personal development. My first one was about my travel, so it's good to focus on the the latest two. So my other book is Reach Your Mountaintop, and what that really refers to 
is reaching your own version of success. So not the version of success that society hands to you. The, the full title is called Reach Your Mountaintop, 10 Keys to Finding the Hidden Opportunity in Your Setbacks, Flipping What You've Heard on Its Head, and Achieving Legendary Goals. And the message of the book is that you don't have to follow the path that your friends, your colleagues, your parents, your coworkers, society wants you to follow. You can follow your own path. You can disregard the expectations of other people. And again, this is easier said than done. I'm not saying it's easy, but what I am saying is that it can be done. Others have done it, and so can you. So in this book, Reach Your Mountaintop, I walk the reader through the practical skills that society, that schools, that businesses do not teach. But in this book, I share it through my own experiences and through other people's input as well. And I share how can you find the silver lining and find that hidden opportunity? How can you use your difficulties to springboard to a higher level of your own version of success? How do you actually define that and go after it? How do you use leadership and other things like bouncing back from difficult criticism and how do you deal with difficult people, things like that. It all ties into reaching your own version of success. And that's really what I talk about in Reach Your Mountaintop. Look forward to reading that one. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just working on the finishing, working on the first one. <laughs> I very much appreciate you checking it out. And yeah, the, the Power of Authentic Leadership book is also one that thankfully up until now people have they, have said they liked it. And I'm not being cheesy here, but I really mean it that I share these books to help other people so the best thing that could ever happen is someone sending me a message that it has helped them in their life. That's really what it's all about. It's fantastic. Not only has it been enlightening, it's been a great learning experience. And again, a pleasure to have you on the show. If people want to reach you, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, I have a website. That website is jeffdspeaks.com, J-E-F-F, the letter D, and then speaks, plural, dot com. You can also email me directly. I'm always open to your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, anything that you may be thinking of or struggling with. I do respond and I, and I do live that. I actually put it into practice. So my, my email would be Jeff, J-E-F-F at jeffdspeaks.com. You can also feel free to email Meg at jeffdspeaks.com. That's a, a virtual assistant I have who also will help with some emails. But I am on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I do have channels and good content on there if you want to engage and look at that. Please feel free to, to email me. I'm happy to answer your questions. Jeff Davis, thanks for being on the program. It's been both an honor and a pleasure. My pleasure, Greg. Thank you for having me and keep up the great work you're doing. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com. <laughs>